Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to the program Gary Baraka, who's Senior Director, Product Marketing at E2Open. And, uh, you know, Gary came over from uh, Amber Road, uh, where, which uh, E2Open acquired uh, not too long ago, and now he kind of oversees all of the logistics and transportation applications there at, uh, at E2Open. So, so it's great to have him on the program. And today we're going to talk about the what why and how of transportation forecasting. Now, um, you know, many companies have, you know, collaborative planning and forecasting processes with suppliers and, and manufacturing partners, but very few actually, you know, companies actually translate, you know, that demand and production forecast into transportation capacity requirements. But this is becoming much more, you know, important now. So, so why is this becoming more important? Uh, what factors are driving it? And, and how is technology helping to enable transportation forecasting? Well, those are the kind of the key questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. And uh, it's great to welcome Gary back to the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So Gary, welcome to the program. Thanks. And it's great to sit down with you and your listeners again. It's been a little while and things have been busy with the acquisition, as you mentioned. No, I, I, absolutely. Of course, now you know, the weather's getting a little cooler. So you and I are both sporting, you know, the, the, the nice... Uh, Probably LL Bean, uh, you know, white uh, turtleneck. So, <laughs> so anyway, just, let's 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 go right into the topic here, and and you know, and I think more, let's talk about just like a basic question because I think sometimes when I when I've talked about transportation forecasting in the past, you know, some people I, I think confuse it with transportation planning, yep. and so so let's just start there. I mean, what is transportation forecasting, and how is it different than transportation planning? Yeah, there's, you know, it's interesting because when you look at transportation spend, right, it is probably the, the biggest chunk of a supply chain, but uh, there's not enough investment done into how you're going to spend. In, we Companies are, are good at forecasting uh, what products they need to make nowadays, uh, using demand sensing, demand planning tools, and, and getting sharper at that. And so uh, what they can do is forecast their transportation needs in the same way that they forecast their capacity and production needs. Uh, what this does is enables them to plan transportation by, by lane, by mode, by class, with the same type of sophistication as they're forecasting their finished goods. And what's really important when we look at the variability of supply chains today, uh, promotional, seasonal surges, and it could even be surges that are in response to tariffs, um, you know, there's an important need to reduce your freight cost while staying in touch with all of that. Ultimately, improving on-time delivery and, and customer satisfaction, greater productivity is the result. Yeah, no, I think that that's, the, you know, you mentioned, you know, demand spikes and seasonality factors and all that. I mean, a lot of times what I find is, you know, a lot of companies kind of take a, an initial high level stab at this when they're doing the transportation procurement, right? They look at how much volume they did last year and they kind of put out, you know, and they use that to kind of procure their transportation. But then what happens is, you know, the, like anything else, you know, that's, that's just kind of like a rough cut and it doesn't really reflect what happens on an ongoing basis, you know, moving, you know, moving forward. And I still remember a few years back, I was talking to a large CPG company and, you know, they said, you know, transportation is always the last to know when it comes to, you know, promotions, right? right. So what would happen right. is all these different, you know, product groups would plan these promotions and where they would expect, you know, an, an X percentage uplift in sales and in product to have to be delivered to the stores. But no one bothered to tell transportation that because that, that kind of demand forecast um, and, and, and merchandising plan and so forth, never made it down to transportation. So all of a sudden, with very little lead time, 
they had to figure out how, how are they going to get, you know, five extra truckloads of product to the stores for the next three weeks, right? And they, yeah. had to, they, they would pay through the nose and, and all that. And, and I think that's kind of why I see it's, it's kind of, in, in, you, you know, one of the benefits of value, you know, of, of doing this. Um, you, you know, so, uh, so, I mean, obviously this is becoming, you know, m much more important today, you, you know, with, you know, just the intense competition. I mean, what, what factors are driving, you know, demand for transportation forecasting, you know, based on the companies that you work with? Yeah, and that's a great point because uh, this is one of those silo busting applications that we uh, we talk about a lot here at Eat Open, because you know there's so many silos still within all our supply chain, and one's not talking to the other, even though they're right next door. And the logistics departments often have limited visibility into their transportation needs, and then can't plan for that capacity. Uh, beyond maybe just a few days, right? Uh, and so um, the CPGs are some of our biggest customers in this area, and they're the ones that see these this fluctuating demand. Um, the TMSs, our transportation management systems, kind of streamline that whole execution, but they don't really address the seemingly simple question, right? How many vehicles do I need next week, next month, and more long-term in the next 12 months? This advanced planning is a huge benefit and knowing what's coming down the road before the orders cross the desk so we don't have to scramble for capacity is a huge issue and concern. And that lack of visibility really stems from that disconnection between transportation management and the SNOP, the sales and operations planning teams, right? And so um, each of them are working autonomously instead of collaborative. So I'll, I'll share a quick story. Um, as we're sitting here in our turtle necks and the cold weather has come, if we remember back uh, around Halloween, uh, there was a cold front that moved through the country and I was down in our Austin, Texas office and it was the day of the Halloween party. Uh, and uh, my costume that I had brought with me, um, uh, you and I could both do this. I was Mr. Clean for Halloween. Uh, quite simple, except, you know, the white golf pants that I planned to wear were a thin summer weight uh, uh, material. And so I needed to run out to Walmart the night before to get some thermals. Well, they had experienced an extreme cold front in Austin, Texas, those couple days. And I went to Walmart and I went to the aisle and I thought, I'm going to find plenty of thermals because, you know, nobody's buying thermals in Austin, Texas. Well, they were basically sold out of thermals which meant that there was some supply and demand issue. So I said, I'm going to use this story again. And I kind of made a note and said, where can I use that? Um, and it might be a transportation issue more than a supply and demand issue. What warehouse has all of those thermals, but the Austin, Texas doesn't? And if we kind of had that foresight on where we could relocate some inventory, maybe Gary could buy some thermals to go with his Halloween costume. But again, we look back at that disconnect between SNOP and transportation management, where you know the cost of goods sold is anywhere between five to 15% of the total cost of a product. But transportation spend is the rest of that. So it's, it's expensive to move goods. And when we're moving from uh, overseas and we've got multiple modes coming in and then trying to allocate properly, we need to be planning better planning transportation at the most sophisticated level by leveraging automation is the best way to do that. 
You know, you raised a lot of good points there. And, and, you know, one of the things that, you know, certainly you've got things like on time and full, that's becoming much more critical in terms of making sure that you've got, you know, the transportation capacity that you need uh, when you need it to, to, you know, not get fined and meet your customer requirements. Um, certainly, you know, 2018 was a very tight capacity environment. Things are a little bit softer here in 2019. But nonetheless, I mean, how do you manage the available capacity out there as intelligently as possible, I think is, is something that all logistics and transportation professionals are, are looking for. I think one of the, the, the key arguments that I've heard historically is, well, how much, how much forward visibility can carriers actually use, right? Because, you know, their, plan, their planning horizons tend to be, you know, the day, next day, next few days. You know, they don't know where their trucks are going to be six months from now, nine months from now. And, and what I've heard from the companies that have adopted this is that there is some element of truth to that, but in the collaborative nature where you want to keep those communication channels going, the more forward visibility you can provide your carriers, even though that um, you know, they may not be able to do anything right now at the moment, having that data point is very helpful because they can at least know, number one, that you're viewing them as a carrier of choice or as a strategic partner that you're keeping them in the know in terms of how your needs might be changing. And those needs might be changing on the upswing or they may be changing yep. on the downswing, right? So I, you know, for them to keep the carrier informed, I think they, at a minimum, carriers uh, appreciate the fact that you're having those conversations and that dialogue with them. And on the other extreme is, is you know, a lot of these carriers do a lot of diff- provide a lot of different services. So I, where I've seen a lot of shippers saying, hey, you know what, we can probably meet that upswing in demand with some dedicated capacity over a, 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 you know, a def- time definite horizon. And, and that opens up you know, new business opportunities for the carriers as well. So, so I think that's some of the things that I've, I, I've, I've been seeing you know, as it relates to, to this. Now, I mean, the, I mean, who's ultimately involved in this, in this whole process? I mean, is it just a transportation department thing or, or is this truly an internal collaborative process with other departments? No, I mean, aside from the departments within, so your, your production planning, your um, long range planning, the SNOP teams, um, they're the first step. Right. So what do you need? Where, where are you going to need that? Where are we sourcing? Right. So because uh, we often forget the transportation managers are also procurement managers. They need to find the capacity, find the, the, the truck that's going to move the raw material at times, uh, especially with manufacturers in, in the uh, high-tech industry. Um, I have customized raw materials going into my production facility. From my production facility to the port, a lot of that transportation has to be managed by the transportation team. So I need to know where you're sourcing. I need to know where these goods are going from and to, which ports in the U.S. or over to Europe or other countries. Um, And then once it gets there, how am I going to move those goods, right? How fast do I need to move those goods? Um, So that's the two teams internally. But that carrier collaboration that you talked about, Adrian, is most important. Think about all of the news we're seeing about about volume capacity and volume fluctuations right now, right? The carriers don't know where to go. Do I have capacity or don't? We've seen tremendous shifts in in volumes, and that's one of my predictions for 2020, is that we're going to see that fluctuating um, demand uh, for uh, transportation capacity, right? We At the drop of the next tariff, right, 14 days before the next tariff, everyone wants to get their orders in and, and warehouse them, so I'm not going to pay the additional tariff. Um, or if we see tariffs backing down. Um, oh, I don't have to uh, hold as much inventory in my pipeline. 
These are the benefits that you could take advantage of when you have good demand planning and that collaborative relationship with the carrier. Right? I can uh, reserve capacity 12 months in advance with my carriers. You know, I can give them rough numbers, like you said, and here's a skeleton of what I'm going to need. That helps with your contract terms also, letting you know so far ahead of time. I mean, ocean carriers, yes, but definitely when we get to our truckload and our, our LTL carriers and, of course, our parcel carriers, we're going to need to give them as much notice as we can. Add the trucking short, the, the truck driver shortage onto that, right? Especially here in the US, but we're seeing the same thing in Europe as well. Um, I'm gonna have limited capacity. I need to take advantage of that. So work early. The three teams can work together and collaborative, collaboratively using the demand plan that's coming out of your SNOP team. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, I think when you, you know you have all this data, you know, that historically has been in, in, in different systems, right? So the challenge has always been, how do we take this data that's in a demand forecasting system and how do we translate that into a transportation forecast or transportation capacity requirements and do that on a, on a rolling fashion, on an ongoing, you know, fashion? Obviously, this is an area where, you know, technology, you know, come, comes into play. So, so let's talk a little bit about, the, you know, technology now behind, yep. you know, transportation forecast. I mean, is this part of a, you know, transportation management system, a TMS, which is a separate solution. And, and what, what are some of the features or capabilities that companies should look for in a, in a transportation forecasting solution? Sure, it's, it's certainly complementary to the TMS. And that's why at Eat Open, we have everything housed in that single platform. So starting early, um, looking at our demand and, and um, using machine learning and, and uh, AI tools, we can see what else we need to put into our demand. Right. Once we have a good understanding of what we need to produce, working with the, the sourcing and procurement teams, where we're going to produce them comes next, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and we're using all of that projection data to collaborate in the single platform with our supplier base and do good supply planning as well. Um, we're bringing in orders from our ERP system so we could look to see where we're going to fulfill those orders, especially when they're customized. Uh, from there, we then introduce our TMS, right? And part of the, tran the transportation forecasting and planning is part of the uh, transportation suite at each open for that very reason. We're taking that demand data from the, orders, from the uh, uh, order side and laying that into our transportation needs. Can we match that up with our other customers, right? So because, uh, it, or other product lines across our company. When we think of the CPGs, uh, the big companies that are producing all types of uh, consumer goods, can we match that up and maybe uh, bundle those shipments together and then collaborate with the suppliers? And we're doing all of that online um, through the e-to-open platform. Uh, what that then brings us are incredible benefits. It's all of that synchronization of the teams uh, that then yield uh, real-time results that we're seeing. We're seeing on-time delivery improvement. I think customer service is probably the biggest thing I can always think of, right? Because the customer in the end is the one that, our customer is the one that want to, uh, not the consumer per se, but the, the, the retailer, for instance, needs those goods in place when we say that they're going to be. When we look at promotions, right? Um, and, and the whole channel side, which is another suite in the e-to-open suite, uh, the channels are looking for those, those goods in their warehouses or on their shelves when we say they can kick off their promotions. So if we're not holding up our end of the bargain, 
then someone's going to be falling short. You know, that's a great, that's a great point. You know, uh, I, it sounds like, you know, a lot of different um, benefit buckets that can be assigned, you know, to this. And it sounds like a transportation forecasting solution really is kind of almost like a central hub that is, you know, obviously tied to a TMS or feeds into a TMS, but also, you know, needs data and information from an ERP and order management system and demand systems and so forth. So it's really, that's where the, the magic happens, if you will. Um, yep. you, you know, when data comes in and comes out to, to kind of be part of that end to end process. And I think that point about, you know, the merchandising piece, you know, it sounds like you know, obviously there's value from a transportation standpoint because the transportation manager doesn't have to, at the 11th hour, have to figure out how they're going to get five more truckloads per week or how the transportation budget is going to get bu- not get busted, right, right. To, to find, you know, emergency capacity, if you will, because yeah. they plan for it more effectively. Or, ex- or expediting goods. Or, or expediting goods, absolutely. Or, you know, worst case, you know, uh, you, you dissatisfy a customer, um, and then, you know, the merchandising groups, I mean, for some of these promotions, I mean, you expect a significant uplift from, you know, these promotions and, and in particular if they're from a holiday uh, standpoint or so forth. Um, so making sure that you execute that promotion as smoothly, you know, everything can go right from the planning standpoint, yeah. advertising standpoint, putting the circulars in the commercials, whatever, you know, the store displays. But if uh, then at the end of the day, you know, transportation logistics can't execute on it because they were the last to know or they didn't have that visibility to the forecast and the plans and we're able to you know effectively convert that into their needs um the whole thing can you know can fall apart it's an important cog in the machine right so it's kind of one of the bigger cogs that is making everything move so and the data and the product is what's flowing the other aspect is you know my warehouses need to be ready to receive at the same time right so all of this planning is important to the staffing levels within my organization so if i'm running my dcs or if i'm outsourcing any of that i also need to let those organizations or those teams know what's coming and when so they're part of this planning cycle also um and we have to mention that point of sale data feeds a lot of this, right? In our demand planning, our demand sensing, where we're looking at point of sale data from previous last years. We're looking at cost from previous years for transportation, right? So what did we pay last year? Can we optimize those lanes in some way? Um, or can we fix any mistakes that we had? So there's tons of data coming into uh, the machine. The cogs are moving and, and products then is flowing properly. Yeah, you know, and historically, I would say that this this cog has been either missing or not been as efficient mm-hmm. or effective as possible. You know, meaning you know, folks that tried to do this in the past, they they've done it. They try to do it with you know yeah. Excel spreadsheets, like which is the normal in, in supply chain, right? When there's no solution out there, they they think that they can do it better with Excel. But right. uh, you know, obviously, over the past few years, uh, you know, being able to add some uh, you know real technology to this and sophistication and make this part of that broader. So end-to-end supply chain footprint, you know, makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, I'll interrupt you there and say the second uh, prediction for logistics in 2020 that I have is about the uh, adoption of technology and supply chains, because historically supply chains, you know, hey, we've been doing this for years. We know how to run supply chains. We don't need your technology. And, and you know, they've been the last to say yes and make that process change. You know, they didn't want to upset the apple cart, literally. Um, but now I think that it's proven that these these leading edge tech thought and technologies like machine learning and artificial intelligence and and even blockchain to a, a sense are being adopted. 
right? Folks are like not so resistant to use that technology. Uh, and it's taken a little while, I think, for supply chains to catch on to the technology fix, but they're looking at where they, they're getting these benefits. And maybe it was a couple really good use cases from the, the few and the brave that journeyed first. Um, well, I but, think ultimately, you know, yep. I mean, it falls into, you know, the whole conversation around digital transformation, right? And the yes. laggards there. And I think the reason why is, um, you know, to your point is they're being driven there by their customers. They're being driven there by the competition because, you know, ultimately you can't keep up with these requirements, whether it's on time and full, whether it's being able yep. to execute omni-channel, whatever the case might be, if you're still using technologies that was developed back in the 1970s or spreadsheets yep. And, um, you know, you're just not able to operate in that, that, you know, new speed of execution, planning and execution that's required today. Better, smarter, cheaper, faster, right? And the consumer is, is in charge, right? That's the new supply chain that we're looking at. And I don't think we're going back. Right. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Gary, we're running short on time here. So I'm just going to go sure. right to my last question. I mean, as a way to wrap up, I mean, how should companies get started with, you know, transportation forecasting? I mean, what, what's the first step and, and ultimately what's the biggest hurdle that they will need to overcome? I, I still think the biggest hurdle is making the leap, right? And saying, hey, we, we're going to do this. We're going to affect change because process change is the toughest thing in any organization, right? Well, you know, we've got to uh, not only implement a new technology solution, everyone's got to get trained up on it. We've got to change the way we've been doing it that way for years, right? Um, and so, uh, it might have worked just fine for years, but moving ahead, the better, faster, smarter, cheaper is going to overcome. And so in order to do that, we've got to transform. The digital transformation, the adoption of technology will help, you know, be better at what we're going to do. That's where we need to be. Make those process changes and go ahead and make the leap. Excellent. Well, Gary, uh, we'll see if, uh, you know, uh, if your predictions come tr true in, in, in 2020. Uh, certainly one of my predictions will be that, you know, as more and more you know, companies become aware of transportation forecasting as, um, as they're driven there, if you will, because of the, their customer requirements and, and, and what's happening in the industry. Uh, I think this, is, this will be one of those um, uh, areas that we'll, we'll continue to see a lot of uh, interest and demand and, you know, conversations around. And we got, we got the conversation started today. You provided a lot great. of great insights and advice on this topic. So again, mm -hmm. thank you for making the time to be with us today. Nice talking with you again. See you soon. Great. Well, I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the uh, E2Open website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Gary, uh, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.